1: Scott Seidenberg on v the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg, back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, Greg Peterson will join me as we go through the baseball slate for this Tuesday schedule but first let's talk about what we saw here on Memorial Day and by the way well, every team should be playing on Memorial Day. I don't know why like the Yankees were off and it doesn't make sense. You know, every team should be playing here on Memorial Day. Day games galore. Anyway, uh day got started. We had a doubleheader between the Cubs and the Brewers. Uh the Brewers 7-6 in game 1 and then they win the doubleheader uh the second game 3-1 in game number 2 uh game 2 unders <laughs> it's a thing uh the tigers upset the twins winning 7-5 uh, this is one where man the tiger the, the twins had leads early and just blew the lead every time they had a one nothing lead they had a 3-1 lead and, and every time just kept blowing the leads back to the tigers cardinals beat the padres 6-3 Nolan Gorman hit a uh, go ahead two run home run. So the rookie certainly making an impact on the Cardinals. The Giants in 10 innings beat the Phillies 5 4, and this is becoming a habit for Philadelphia. The bullpen issues continue to be a concern for this team. Uh, they had a, um, what was it, a 3 2 lead, I guess it was, going into the top of the ninth inning. And Evan Longoria homers to, uh, or no, no, I guess it was 3-3. No, it was, no, 2-2, excuse me. Longoria homers to make it 3-2 in the top of the ninth inning. Kyle Schwarber homers in the bottom of the ninth to tie the game and send it to the 10th when uh, the uh, Giants put up two runs in the top of the 10th and Philly only managed one run. So the Phillies are in a little bit of a slump here after getting swept by the Mets in a three-game set at Citi Field. They lose here to the Giants. So four straight losses for the Philadelphia Phillies. The Astros beat the A's 5-1, to one, and this was uh, the play of the day. It was a loser for us here, we went with the under first five innings in this game. Now, people are going to say, why didn't you go the full game under? Uh, with You know, you would have hit the full game under seven and a half. Yeah, I would have. Uh, but as we've seen throughout many of these games today and just all season long, I don't trust bullpens, man. I really don't. I don't trust bullpens. And so I handicapped this game on the starting pitching with Framber Valdez and Paul Blackburn. And I wanted to attack that edge of the bullpens, I mean, of the starting pitchers and ignore the bullpens. And what happened? Valdez goes out there and is lights out for five innings. And Blackburn was doing a great job. He gave up one solo home run in, I think it was the third inning. And it was a one-nothing game going into the top of the fifth. So... And there was one out. Top of the fifth with one out. All I need is four more outs without allowing three runs. And I am home free. And Blackburn hits Jose Siri with a pitch. All right. Guy's been dealing all game. Hits a hits a guy. All right. Okay. Siri then steals second base. Puts himself into scoring position. Then with two strikes on him, Maldonado fists one out over the shortstop's head. Little bloop single, jam shot, you know, caught him right in on the hands. Uh, it's all right, all right, run scores. It's now 2-0 Astros, still perfectly fine here. You know, and there's nothing that could hurt me except for what happened. And that was Jose Altuve hitting a two-run home run, 4 nothing Astros after five innings. And the under three and a half was dead. If Altuve just, if that ball bounces off the wall, Maldonado's not scoring from first. He is very, very slow. So, at the worst-case scenario, if that ball hits off the wall, it is a second and third with one out. And hopefully Blackburn pitches out of it. But winds up being the two-run home run, and uh, Astros had a 4 nothing lead after five innings that cost us the first five under. Uh, we hit the first five with the Marlins over the Rockies. This one, Pablo Lopez... With a you know a gem of a first five innings, and then ran into trouble after that, and that's what happens. I mean, this is this is why you attack a first five, and you didn't, uh, you don't go for a full game. Lopez pitches six shutout innings, absolutely deals, and you feel great about it. Marlins are up one nothing, and the bullpen comes in and completely blows it as the Rockies score seven runs. Between the seventh and the eighth innings to win the game seven to one. So, you know you could have gone with a full game Marlins bet and you would have lost. But if you did the first five, you win. Guardians beat the Royals seven to three. Uh, the Orioles really beat up on the Red Sox ten nothing. And you, you want to? Uh, I'm venting over the first five under loss for the Astros. If you had the under, I think it was nine and a half or ten. For the Red Sox Orioles, I mean, come sit in the chair right next to me. Uh, Anthony Santander with a three-run home run in the top of the ninth inning pushed this game to 10-0 from 7-0. So that is a uh, a tough one to swallow there. Bullpens, man. Bullpens. Uh, Mets beat the Nationals 13-5. Boy. The Mets are just rolling. And I thought this team was due for some regression, but we haven't seen it just yet. And this was a game in which the Mets gave the Nationals a three-run lead in the top of the first inning. Mets come back and score two runs in the bottom of the first before just pouring it on. Four in the second, three in the third, three in the fourth, 13-5 13-5 to five the final as the Mets rout the Nationals. As much as I, you know, wanted to bet against that team, I, you just can't right now. Uh, the Rangers beat the Rays 9-5. Oh, what? The play of the day. The play of the day. And if you didn't see it, I tweeted it out. So go to my Twitter page, at Air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The play of the day by Eli White. In the top of the first inning, this one also stung me because I had uh, Rays in the first five innings. And in the top of the first inning, the Rays put two runners on. And um, there was a shot. Uh, I guess with G-Man Choi hit it, yeah. Choi hits a shot to left center field that is going to be a three-run home run. And Eli White, if you haven't seen the play, again, go to my Twitter page. It's there. He climbs the wall, arm completely over the wall, and takes the home run back. robbing Choi of a three-run homer in the top of the first inning. It was the number one play up on SportsCenter here on Monday night. So you definitely got to check that one. It's one of the great defensive plays that you'll see this season. Uh, and then the Rangers offense just, man, uh, proved to be too much. Uh, Diamondbacks behind Zach Gallen get the win over the Braves, 6-2. So you could have got a good price here on Gallen. Uh We went with the Diamondbacks in the first five backing Gallon in this one. And he bounced back after his very, very poor outing his last time out. So a good bounce back performance from Zach Gallen. And then the biggest underdog of the day, the Pirates beating the Dodgers 6-5. This was a game in which the Pirates had a 4-0 lead. Watched that 4-0 lead evaporate, where the Dodgers took a 5-4 lead, and then in the top of the ninth, the Pirates score twice and take a 6-5 lead. Dodgers did put two runners on in the bottom of the ninth, but were unable to do anything. So, uh, Pirates get the 6-5 win over the the um uh, Dodgers. As we get the View from Vegas from our very own Dave Tooley at View from Vegas on Twitter. Uh, baseball favorites uh still lead on the season. They went seven and six on Monday. Uh the Pirates were plus two ninety. That's the biggest underdog win. The Orioles were plus one fifty. Uh home teams seven and six. Overs went six, five, and two pushes in San Diego, St. Louis, and a push in that Baltimore-Boston game. That was the, um, the the one that wound up being 10 after the three-run home run there in the uh, top of the ninth inning. Just a brutal, brutal thing to happen there. Uh, coming up here on Tuesday, you got one uh, day game, Twins and Tigers. That is the first game of a doubleheader. So you got doubleheader game one at one ten Eastern time. And then doubleheader game two, about seven ten Eastern time or so. Uh, Brewers and the Cubs will play at 8 o'clock Eastern time after the two teams just wrapped up a doubleheader here on Monday. So I would have loved for that to be a day game because it would have been an auto under for me with a day game coming after the doubleheader. But uh, we will see... Um, Is because it still could be an underplay for me, Eric Lauer against Justin Steele in that matchup. We'll go through the board here for Tuesday, pick out some spots that we like circled uh, already here on this board with our very own Greg Peterson, who will join me next. Greg, of course, uh, hosts the Greg Peterson Experience on the weekends here. He often fills in for me here on The Look Ahead, and his podcast, The Baseball Betting Show, is available up on bcncom podcast or wherever. You get your podcasts from. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look
2: ahead
1: on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connect to Victory Challenge, sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine-part prediction pool series and take your shot at grabbing a share of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com Verizon now to join the action. Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Seidenberg back here. This is The Look Ahead on vCIN the Sports Betting Network. Joining us now to talk some Major League Baseball is our very own Greg Peterson. The Baseball Betting Show is available on vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And, Greg, uh, we witnessed the Dodgers losing as the heaviest favorite on the board here on Monday night. Would you expect a bounce-back performance from them on Tuesday night?
2: I would expect them to do a little bit better, and. Truth be told, Walker Buehler hasn't necessarily been himself at home this year. He's got a little bit north of a four ERA. So this wasn't one of those things where I thought that the Pittsburgh Pirates were going to win north of 50% of the time or anything like that. But the Dodgers getting up in a lot of places right around minus 340, even up to like a minus 350, 355 on the close. That just felt a little bit ridiculous, in my opinion. But now you've got the 20 win Gentlemen from last year, and Julio Reyes is going to be taking the mound. And right now, we've got no numbers up on this game. We don't know what the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to be throwing out there. I'm thinking you're probably going to see a heavy dose of Mitch Keller, and if so, I'd be willing to make the Dodgers here more like a minus two fifty, minus two sixty-ish favorite. So I would think that the Dodgers are going to be able to bounce back. But as we know in the betting industry, the worst analysis that you can give is they're due for one. That is something <laughs> that typically doesn't work out too well.
1: Uh, Patrick Corbin Day. For the Nationals coming up here on Tuesday against the Red Hot Mets. You know, Greg, I've been thinking that the Mets were going to be a regression candidate for a while now, but yet we have not seen it, and they just dominate here again on Monday, putting up 13 runs on the Nationals. What do you expect to happen here against Patrick Corbin?
2: Well, Patrick Corbin has made 10 starts for the Washington Nationals, and the Nationals have won one of them. They've lost one by one run. All the other ones have been two plus run losses, so I expect the Mets to be able to win by multiple runs. I am taking a look at the run line, being able to get some plus money here. With Trevor Williams, the one trepidation that you have is that he has been significantly better out of the bullpen than he has been as a starter. As a starter, he's got an ERA that is well north of four on the bullpen. It's been sub two. Yeah, has been absolutely terrific. But by and he's got Pete Alonzo who going deep once again against the Washington Nationals. And the Nationals, they're right now in the bottom 10 in terms of bullpen ERA. They want to be using up a ton of guys on Monday because, well, they didn't necessarily get what they wanted out of Eric Fetty, who I believe wanted giving the team four, maybe five outs. the yeah. way, that's not what you're looking for out of your starters. So, it's a little bit of a tired Nationals bullpen, and what I will say for the Nationals is that the bats have woken up a little bit more, but able to get some good production out of someone like Yadiel Hernandez, who's hitting at three hundred. Juan Soto hasn't necessarily come along yet, but Josh Bell's been solid. But that said, Mets, they are firing all cylinders. They've got a lot of guys that are getting on base, lead the league in terms of infield singles. I think that the Mets should be able to do a solid job getting to a guy in Corbin who Right now, it's posting up a 630 ERA with opponents saying at 293 off of them. I'm going to stick with the trend. I'm going Mets run line.
1: Would you consider the over in this game as well?
2: I might be looking a little bit more at an under just because the opener at 8.5, I felt like was a good play on the over. Now we're seeing the total at 9 with heavy juice on the over. And I wouldn't be surprised if this winds up getting to a 9.5, which especially if we wind up getting that 9.5, which is where it's trending right now. Then I'd be taking a look at an under just because Citi Field has been playing a little bit more hitter friendly this year. But as we know, just in past years, it's been a little bit harder to be able to get some offense. And I do think that Williams is going to be able to do a little bit better out of the bullpen and things can't get worse for Patrick Corbin now, (laughs) can they? So, I mean, it's a case which I do think that Corbin is going to be a little bit more sharp having played against the Mets just so many different times. So, especially with the line move right now, I'd be starting to look at an under.
1: Well, speaking of things can't get any worse, they can't get any worse for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, They will look to snap their losing streak uh, at home here against the Giants. Ranger Suarez is on the hill against Jacob Junis. Philly is minus 130 right now for a team that's lost four straight to be lined up as the favorite here. What are your thoughts? I think minus 30 is starting to get a little bit too lofty. I'm seeing more of
2: like a minus 122, minus 123. If you start to see it dip down to more of that minus 120 ish range. Then I'd be willing to consider it. But right now it's starting to get up a little bit too lofty. I would be starting to consider a little bit more of the total though. I'd be looking at an under just because I do think that Rangers Suarez has really been the victims of really, really bad defense from the Philadelphia Phillies. You may recall he wound up starting that game, which elk bone wound up having three years. Yep. And then, Alec boom, like two, three starts later, made a cataclysmically bad error that just completely torpedoed his start, so it's been a little bit of bad luck for Rangers for us, and for Jacob Junis, I do expect a little bit of regression from him, but 275 ERA thus far, he's come out and he's looked very solid for the Giants. Both of these teams have been shaky with the bullpen. For the Philadelphia Phillies, it's been a little bit more demonstrative because it's happened at the world's worst times. It feels like every single time the Phillies go into the ninth inning, you're like holding on for dear life because <laughs> these guys are just so untrustworthy. But for the giants last year, they were the lone team in the big leagues with a sub three ERA. It has not been the same. I do think that they are going to be able to get a little bit better. They've been dealing with some injuries with guys like Zach Liddell, Dominic Leon. They've maybe deal with some ailments throughout the season. They've been able to get some of those guys back and healthy, so I do think that June is going to be able to give a relatively solid start, and I think that Suarez not going to be the victim of as bad a defense with the Phillies, so I'm looking at an under right now.
1: All right, we got Lucas Giolito against Kevin Gosman for the Blue Jays. Toronto, a lofty number here, minus 170, Greg.
2: Yeah, this has gotten up a little bit too high. I recognize the White Sox not necessarily having the world's greatest year, and Tim Anderson, their main cog out there in the lineup, he's been dealing with an ailment and. Always note with the White Sox, there are are differences between righties and lefties pretty big. They're hitting north of a 255 against left-handed pitching, right around a 228 against right-handed pitching. So I always think that that's important. But with this Toronto Blue Jays team, I recognize they got the sweep against the Angels, and that was big for them getting back up off the mat. You figured that they weren't going to be as lucky with regards to their batting average with men in scoring position. It was dead last prior to that series against the Angels. Mm -hmm. But I just still like what I'm seeing out of Lucas Giolito. His swing and miss stuff has been terrific, and that Toronto Blue Jays bullpen, even though they were able to enough to be able to get those wins against the Angels, they certainly didn't look necessarily too terrific. It's a bottom ten team with regards to bullpen area. The White Sox have been able to pick up a little bit of steam with that regard. You still have out there a guy in Jose Abreu. Over the last 15 days, he's been hitting nearly a 280, so he's been able to pick it up a little bit. I think that this has just gotten up a little bit too high. Give me North of plus 150 on Lucas Giolito.
1: Noah Syndergaard gets the start for the Angels against Jordan Montgomery for the Yankees. Can I interest you in taking the Angels at a plus money price?
2: I would need a little bit more of a plus money price right now. We're seeing in a lot of spots the Angels be right in that pocket of about a plus 115 to a plus 120. Mm. I would need more like a plus 130 with Syndergaard. You got to feel like there's going to be a little bit of chip on his shoulder, even though he's obviously not returning to face the Mets. He's returning to New York, where he wanted beginning his career. But Jordan Montgomery has been a very steady Eddie guy, giving up right around one and a half walks per nine innings. Done a nice job being able to keep the ball in the yard and. With this Yankees lineup, you know that they're not going to stay down for long. Two runs are fewer in each other previous three games and four out of their last five. You still have Aaron Judge who's hit 18 home runs. And by the way, nine fewer home runs than the Detroit Tigers have the entirety of the season. So <laughs> you are the Detroit Tigers who might want to pick it up a little bit. That's embarrassing. But I take a look at the Yankees. They still have good cogs out there in the lineup. Other than Aaron Hicks, who it feels like is an automatic out every time he winds up getting out there, but with the Yankees as well, they've done a good job with regards to being able to mix and match in terms of their bullpen. They are dealing with a couple of ailments, but at the very least, it's not the Angels bullpen, which we wind up seeing them. And that series against the Blue Jays be even worse than the Blue Jays bullpen right now. You really don't have anyone other than Rossio Iglesias. You can trust out there Aaron Loop now rocking it north of four ERA of long ride to pair. And those are supposed to be the trustworthy guys for the Angels. So I look at the Yankees in a little bit of a higher scoring game. We're seeing the total start to get up to nine. This might be getting a tad bit lofty, but I think that the Yankees are going to start to put some runs up on the board. I like the Yankees in this spot.
1: Have you uh, decided what you're writing up for DK Nation yet? I certainly have. I'm going to be
2: taking a look at the under in Royals versus the Cleveland Guardians. Right now, I'm seeing the total at nine and a half. Cal Quantrill has given up three runs or fewer in 23 out of his last 25 pitching appearances, dating back to last season. And Daniel Lynch, ever since he had a little bit of a blow up start in his first of the season, last seven starts, he has allowed three runs or fewer in all but one of them. And he's posted up at 291 ERA for a Royal SEMA, which Bullpen, it's been very shaky, but the good news is they go up against a Guardian team that's averaging about 0.52 home runs per game at home. That is the second lowest mark in the big leagues, and it's been a Cleveland Guardian team that stunningly has been much worse at home than on the road in terms of just being able to put runs up on the board. The Royals, they rank 25th in this regard. So getting a nine and a half year, especially with the Cleveland Guardians being trustworthy with their bullpen, top eight in terms of bullpen ERA, I'm going to be taking a look at an under of nine and a half in this one.
1: Just don't pitch to Jose Ramirez and you'll be fine. Yeah, that's good (laughs) advice right there. Appreciate the time and the conversation, and we'll catch the podcast. Thanks, bud. Scott, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. There he is, Greg Peterson. Be sure to listen to the Baseball Betting Show, available on vcin.com slash podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Catch the Greg Peterson experience weekends here on vcin, and oftentimes hosting the Look Ahead right here for me, Scott Sidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at Scotts Air. We're going to get to Jason Weingarten coming up and find out his thoughts on the futures market. This is vcin, the sports betting network. Vsin, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and bets are moving for every game and now it's updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting Splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's Betting Splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, and no one looks ahead better than our next guest, Jason Weingarten, who you follow on Twitter at Spreadopedia. The newest episode of The Wide World of Weingarten is available now up on vsyn.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And in that episode, Jason, you talk about why Aaron Judge is not going to win the America League Most Valuable Player Award besides him having more home runs than everybody in Major League Baseball. Why are you down on Aaron Judge for this award?
3: I wouldn't necessarily say I'm down on Aaron Judge, but but you're right. He has more home runs than everybody in baseball. I just wanted to put that in context <laughs> c- contact. when I say I don't think he's going to win the MVP. I looked at Vlad Jr.'s 2021 numbers when he was on a triple crown pace. He had 60 hits, 10 doubles, 16 home oh. runs, 40 RBIs. Um, he struck out 14.3% of the time had a 14.3% walk rate and a 181 WRC plus for the month of May last year, last May, 2021 for Aaron judges, May, 2022, it's got 54 hits, nine doubles, 18 home runs, 38 runs, 37 RBIs, a 10.1% walk rate and a 26.3% K rate. So he's striking out a pretty high amount, <clears throat> um, compared to Vlad, at least in 20. 20- uh, 21 but uh you know uh 190 198 WRC plus also really nice but i don't think he's necessarily outpacing vlad in 2021 so far and let's recall vlad put up almost a triple crown season and that didn't even get him a single first place mvp vote so mm-hmm. um i would just pump the brakes a little bit on aaron judge winning the mvp is all i'm saying are we even sure he's better than mike trout are we even sure he's better than Jose Ramirez this year? That's And the name, yeah. I, I'm just arguing the home runs, obviously. I'm just saying the home runs are only one category.
1: Well, uh, the name I was going to bring up is Jose Ramirez. And, and right now you can get this guy. I'm seeing 12 to ones out there um, for a dude that, honestly, I don't know why teams pitch to him. Because there's no one else on that Guardians lineup that's going to beat you. And yet he is consistently beating teams by himself
3: kind of reminds me of juan soto that he doesn't get enough credit because he's not on a playoff team mm-hmm. but his numbers if i was gonna give you sort of a blind uh you know blind resume and we did trout and uh, jose ramirez head to head i'm not sure you would pick which one is which <laughs> it's
1: a good point yeah so would you consider maybe we taking a flyer on that 12 to 1 or is that number not Uh, I
3: bet Jose Ramirez before the season. Uh, My first Mm. two MVP bets this year were Manny Machado and Jose Ramirez. So it's kind of like I'm going to have a couple guys uh, close, top, near the top. but I don't don't think either one of them is going to win. But absolutely, Jose Ramirez definitely has the profile of a potential MVP winner.
1: Is there anybody else in the American League that you could see maybe rising up? The odds board from where they are now, just if it takes a, a hot month or two, is a guy, you know, that's capable of rising up that you see around that mid-range?
3: It's so hard because, you know, there's like a Luis Robert or uh, Rafael Devers. Yeah. I love both of them. But we're not just talking about, you know, H- Otani. You have to jump Judge. You have to jump Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the top of the AL... The top of the AL MVP race is just, it's so heavy with these, you know, superstars. I I don't think even a huge month, we're talking like a huge two month, huge, Mm -hmm. you know, whole second half stretch would, you know, have to, for somebody to come off the pace. Jordan Alvarez, maybe, but even then I'd, I'd want like 75 to one or a hundred to one before I seriously considered him.
1: Yeah. I thought Devers, maybe if the Red Sox uh, continue this pace and. And if he starts going off and, and puts together a couple of months, but you're right, to uh, have to leapfrog a Trout who's having a good year and Aaron Judge and even Otani is definitely a tall uh, tall order. What about... Vlad in- could do it.
3: If, if you wanted a flyer, I'd say Vlad 25-1. to 1.
1: I saw that yeah. pop up at uh, Westgate. Don't hate that. In the National League, can I persuade you on Pete Alonso? You
3: could, but I mean, at, at this exact moment, I think... Uh, as
1: of tonight, Mookie Betts should be flipped to the favorite. uh, Mookie Betts to the favorite over Machado and, and, and yeah, over Machado right now. Yeah.
3: And then, then Alonzo would be right there sort of in the next tier with, with uh, like Goldschmidt, Paul Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. yeah. And then Harper, Harper, I would put there too, but the whole not playing the outfield and being on, you know, being out for a little bit is kind of having him fade a little bit. But, uh, Alonzo's absolutely there in the uh, in the picture, but I, I don't think
1: I don't think he has leapfrogged bets or Machado yet. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. It's like I keep waiting for the Mets to regress and here they are putting up thirteen runs against the Nationals and Alonso with another home run and they just keep winning. He's got thirteen home runs now on the year and and all it takes from Alonzo is just give it another month and a half and, and he could be the league leader in home runs. Uh, that's how talented this guy is. Uh, and, you know, taking a look at his numbers, you'd certainly like them to be longer than what they are right now. Uh, Cy Young Award is so interesting, Jason. In the, in the National League, you've got two Marlins that are at the top of the board here in Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez. Does it hurt both of them that their teammate is also in consideration for this award?
3: Yes, I think it always hurts when you have two players on the same team. I remember Garrett Cole and Verlander a couple years back split votes. I was very close. I think uh, Verlander ended up just edging him out. I thought Cole should have won that year. I think I had Cole. Um, Alcantara, I think, has just slightly moved ahead of Lopez, although Lopez had like six shutout six innings. Shut out, or yep. six, six innings with, what was it, a shutout or yeah. one run at fours uh, si- today? Yeah, six you know? shutout today, yep. Can't, can't hate on that. You know, that's, that's elite, (laughs) but uh, the two of them, they're competing with Corbin Burns right now. There's a couple other guys still in the picture. I think Walker Bueller's faded back and there's, there's a couple, you know, kind of less, less exciting names that are putting up really big numbers in the NL and then can't forget Josh Hader either. He hasn't given up a run since like last July, you know, what does he have to do to get some, some,
1: some love in the Cy Young conversation I, I don't know because it, it's you know for for a reliever to get the votes it's he, you have to be dominant and that's what hater has been uh the pro- yeah the problem is, is that you almost have to rack up some gaudy save numbers and if those opportunities aren't there for you do the writers recognize you I that's
3: I don't problem. think so i think it's always hard to take a reliever but he does he does deserve to be in the conversation at the moment but the two marlins guys absolutely i don't know you know by the numbers which one is actually better i would probably go alcantara just because of the the innings. Yeah. um and then corbin burns uh reigning champ hasn't done anything to you know deserve to be knocked out of his front runner position
1: yeah i would eliminate carlos rodan i would eliminate walker bueller walker bueller's had some bad starts lately Uh, not buying into Musgrove or or even Zach Wheeler. Zach Gallen was a guy who I was all about. And then last start before today, he was awful. Now he bounced back today with a good start. So maybe he gets back into consideration, but very hard when you pitch for a bad team like Arizona to get people to recognize you, right?
3: Yeah. I bet uh, Tony, Tony Gonsolin, hundred to one back, back three consecutive six inning starts, seven strikeouts for the Dodgers, you know, really hard to say who's been the best pitcher for the Dodgers they're all pitching so well all the time um who else did I bet I bet oh Jacob deGrom 300 to 1 if he's back sooner than later I mean if nobody's really runs away and takes takes a a huge commanding lead in the NL is is 301 crazy on deGrom I I don't think it's crazy at all
1: I'd like to have a piece of that Uh, it's it's at the Westgate you go get it go get it at the break (laughs) In, in the American League the values lost on him, but Shane McClanahan I'm still seeing at uh, plus 750. Nestor Cortez is 11 to one. Why is it Nestor Cortez the favorite to win this award especially when you consider Verlander got roughed up his last start?
3: Well, remember what I just said about the teammate thing. How good is Cortez going to have to pitch the entire season to beat Garrett Cole? I mean, mm. Garrett Cole, every time he has an average start, we're like, oh, it's the end of Garrett Cole. And then he comes back and has <laughs> 10 strikeouts. There's nothing wrong with Garrett Cole. I don't even like Garrett Cole. He's a guy I'm fading. Uh, McClanahan, that's that's my guy. I would love Otani to win the side, but uh, McClanahan was one of my picks preseason, might lead the league in strikeouts. You know how those raised pitchers, you mm-hmm. know, they come on strong. Yes, they do.
1: Jason, do me a favor, Hang with me. I want to get your thoughts on some of these games coming up here for Tuesday and just your overall thoughts on who you've been betting and who you've been backing here at this point in the Major League season and who you're looking to maybe back or fade moving forward. He's Jason Weingarten. Make sure you catch him on Twitter at Spreadopedia. The newest episode of the Wide World of Weingarten is available now. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on v Slash store. This is the look ahead on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on Vsin. You can also catch the Wide World of Weingarten wherever you get your podcast or on vsincom slash podcast. Jason Weingarten joins me here on The Look Ahead. Jason, let's talk about the uh, Cy Young, I mean, the uh, Rookie of the Year. You you love this market here um, for the Rookie of the Year because you think that books are incorrectly pricing, guys. Is that accurate? Ye-
3: yeah, I think... I think uh... The the pitcher there's an issue with the pricing of the pitchers and then they usually zero in too too much on a favorite too early. Um like in the NL, for example, this year Syas is Suzuki quickly went to an odds-on favorite. And if you look at his last 30-day numbers, his May numbers, they're just, they're so bad. Like, there's no way uh, Suzuki should be a favorite, let alone an odds-on favorite this, you know, this early in the season.
1: Mm. And so who are you looking at here in the National League? You got a pair of Cardinals that are up there on the board, and Yepes and Gorman.
3: Yeah, I got Gorman. Uh, I got Gorman 50-1, to about a month ago i'm i'm happy with him i I bet him and meyer max meyer Mm -hmm. i thought one of them would be in the next wave of call-ups and meyer was just right there and then he got lit up in a triple a start and looks like he has a nerve issue that's pushing him back um i have o'neal cruz o'neal cruz for the month of may i think he had like 90 at bats at triple a indianapolis had like 23 hits six home runs 19 rbis walked 14 times only struck out 20 times had a 133 wrc plus i bet him at 40 to one again this week i love o'neill cruz he is a guy who's being slow played by his team for uh you know uh what do you call it uh service time uh service time Mm -hmm. reasons he's uh he's being held down he's totally ready for the majors he's 6'7", plays shortstop. I love him. He hits balls as hard as Giancarlo Stanton. I call him a unicorn. And then there's Michael Harris. Uh, I don't know if you caught the news this weekend. The Braves called Michael Harris up from uh, A Mississippi. He's the uh, the best Braves prospect to be called up since Ronald Acuna. He was wow. slashing three, 305, 372, 506 with five home runs, 11 stolen bases, and 43 double a games they just said you know what you're gonna skip triple a and come play center field for us i really like him he's available at like 80 to 1 at FanDuel. i think 60 to 1 at caesars um he's a guy who can come on strong and win but right now the attention is on nolan
1: gorman and so how long do you like for a guy that gets called up let's say next month so the guy gets called up in june is that enough time to win this award like what's your cutoff like if a guy gets called up after the all-star break is that enough
3: well we saw last year we saw wander franco put up just the elite level numbers that he put up in a short amount of playing time and Mm -hmm. he got like two first place votes so the voters did not think how i thought that 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 uh franco deserved it in the short amount of time so if, if we're going to see a guy get most of his playing time post all-star break, I'm probably not going to bet him at less than a hundred to one odds, mm-hmm. but where we're at now, a Michael Harris, absolutely live. Somebody yeah. coming up say June 1st, absolutely live. A lot of the, these voting awards, <clears throat> it matters how you finish a lot more than how you play in April or even May, because by the time we get to October, uh, August and September, a lot of people are
1: going to forget what we're what we're watching now. Hey, my guy Mickey Moniak made his return from his fractured hand, and he uh, went zero for four today for the Philadelphia Phillies. He is still available at the same pre-flop price at a hundred to one for Mickey Moniak. Yeah, he still right got now. a chance
3: though. He's if he's going to be playing every day, especially with Harper not taking the, sure. taking reps in the outfield. He's he, you need your guy, whoever you bet, to have a path. Mm-hmm. You know. He, have to be able to plot out the path and you know moniac at least has a path with the at-bats right now
1: what's amazing is you know so i got him at 100 to 1 before the season started he has a ridiculous spring training he gets as low as 30 to 1 and then the injury where he gets hit by a pitch in the last at-bat of spring training fractures his hand he's out six to eight weeks now he's back at 100 to 1 but he is here He, he made a made his uh season uh start here for The Philadelphia Phillies will see what he does uh, as the season progresses. And, yeah, if he's going to get playing time with Harper not playing the outfield, that is definitely uh, a path there. Speaking of the Phillies, Jason, they're a team they've they've dropped uh, four straight games now. And there was a lot of expectation on them coming into this season. Are they a candidate, do you think, for maybe a positive regression? This is a team that is eventually going to play to the back of their baseball cards and and the wins will start to come? Or based on what you've seen so far this season, are they a team that you're concerned about?
3: They are too talented not to win games, especially with Nola and Wheeler and Ranger Suarez. You know, they they, they are a... a Good team they're better than they were last year when they had the worst bullpen and you know recent memory Mm -hmm. um that all said their division outside of the nationals doesn't uh doesn't give them a lot of easy wins they got to play the braves got to play the the marlins with their their two-headed cy young monster and then there's there's the mets so um it's it's early but it's starting to, starting to get to the point where you're like, is this even a playoff team based on, on the competition they're, they're, they're contending with in their own division? And I'm not sure they are, even with all the
1: star power they have. What about the uh, going to the American League, the Seattle Mariners who got off to a really good start and have really declined after the first month of the season. They're 20 and 28 right now, just slightly above the A's for, uh, to avoid last place there in the American League West. I know you've got your rookie of the year ticket on Julio, so you're watching a lot of Mariners games. What's your take on this team?
3: Yeah, you know I love Julio. I'm I'm a huge Julio Rodriguez fan. But uh they just went through a stretch where they were 7 and 21 in the wild card era. That's uh, you know, 1995 present. Only 3 teams have made the playoffs after having a seven twenty-one stretch in the regular season. So <laughs> this this Mariners team would be the fourth, with uh, Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray, and Logan Gilbert at the front of that lineup. I think they could make a run, but uh, history is already saying that um, this is a team you probably want to look for a no playoff price
1: on. Oh, okay. Uh, thoughts on the Tampa Bay race and their chances of getting past the New York Yankees in this division? At one point, the you know, Yankee lead was thought to be maybe insurmountable. They're only five games up right now on Tampa as we approach the month of June.
3: I think one of the big things when talking about the Rays is to always remember that what the team looks like in May is not what the team is going to look like in August and September when they make trades or additions. And, you know, they'll pull a a prospect that no one's ever heard of. Remember, they traded Willie, Willie, Willie Adams. uh, Adams. Yep. Dom yeah for, for Drew Rasmussen and I literally remember talking to one of my one of my gambling friends and we both were like who's Drew Rasmussen
0: <laughs> and now it's like oh
3: my god we got to bet on Drew Rasmussen every time he's starting you know um, so they'll pull some guys out of nowhere in a couple months and we're gonna be like oh man we've you know we love these guys all along but they will get Tyler Glass now back late in the season Shane Baz is coming back he's pitching in AAA right now he's been lighting it up um, reinforcements are on the way in Tampa, and they have Wander Franco, the one of the best young players in baseball. So I would absolutely not count them out. Although I was disappointed, they uh, they got lit up by the, the Tigers. Uh, sorry, the Texans uh, Rangers today. Excuse me, get well, my teams mixed
1: up. Listen, I had the Rays in the first five today, and if Eli White does not pull that ball back from beyond the wall, it's a three nothing lead in the top of the first inning. I mean, G Man Choi, that's a home run everywhere even in that ballpark. And I don't know if you saw the Eli White catch. That was insane. Should have been three nothing raise in the top of the first inning.
3: Yeah, I, I don't like watching the first innings when I'm betting. Mm. Um, I just look at the box score because it just says fly out to. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't
1: say, so, you know, so you don't go through almost, the pain that I went through watching him catch that ball. Yeah, I just saw fly out at, at the track and said,
3: okay, next.
1: No, nope. for me, watching it, as soon as I heard the crack of the bat and saw it, I jumped up off the couch and went, bang! And then I saw Eli White catch it and I go, no! So I went through the emotions there watching it for you, okay? <laughs> uh, well, Jason, we appreciate the time and the conversation, as always, and enjoy the games, and we'll catch up again and check in on how the futures bets are doing as we progress throughout the month of June. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. There he is. Jason Weingarten. Check out the wide world of Weingarten on vcin.com slash podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. Newest episode is out now. Episode number 82. Why Aaron Judge will not win the American League Most Valuable Player Award and an update on Jason's futures bets. I'm Scott Satterberg. This is The Look Ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network.